to choose to let annoyances pass, to forgive, to be kind, to respect, to support, and to be faithful. Sometimes it's easy and sometimes it's incredibly hard, but it is up to us to choose how we want to act, think, and speak. Life can change in an instant. Make sure you appreciate what you have while you still have it. Well, bless the Lord. You know, I've been sharing with you about humility. And humility, the paradoxical power of humility, is that it will bring happiness. Who would ever think that when you don't put yourself first? That's what the Western culture says to us. But oh, when you will dare to decrease and let God increase, that will be humility. Oh yes, we can't do it on our own. So there's some lessons that I just want to share with you that will enable you to move into humility. All right? And sometimes you may say, I want to have humility, uh, but I, I just don't seem like I can find Well, I'm, I'm going to help you. I'm going to share with you today some ways that you can find humility. How about that? I'm making it very easy for you. This is something I'm telling you is in my spirit. Okay, let's, let's look at some things here. Well, number one, deliberately get behind someone walking or driving slow. I know you can picture that right now. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. And you know why? Because we drive so we can get to places faster. So sure, you know, when you find someone driving 25 miles per hour in a 45 miles speed zone, get behind anyone slow and deliberately stay there. And when you do that, you've got to make a conscious effort not to think about what time it is. And you definitely going to have to pray. You're going to have to subdue flesh. <laughs> I'm being very honest about this. You, yeah, you're going to find humility. Just try it. Get behind someone walking or driving slow and stay there. Stay prayerful now. All right. Second thing that you can do to find humility, clean up someone else's mess. Even as a parent, it's not easy cleaning up after someone else. And at points in your days, you might often think to yourself, why am I doing this? This isn't my mess. Then you get a little flash of a reminder that Christ didn't make the mess that put him on the cross either. Oh, Salah. You know what that means? Now pause and think about that. <laughs> next, number three, the next time something isn't done your way, leave it if it works. Oh, yes. I tell you, I learned this some time ago, some time ago. And when you begin to delegate, when you begin to have someone else doing or uh, taking on or uh, helping out, moving by the instructions that you give, you've got to allow them to do it and get it done. And it might not necessarily be like you would have done it, but it's okay. I was talking to my son, my oldest, just a few days ago. And I told him, I said, you know, when you were a little boy and you had to mop the kitchen floor, <laughs> he'd have the mop and he'd just be going in a circle in the middle of the floor. He'd be going in that circle. But you know what? Rather than correct him, I just let him do what he could do. He's only four and I was teaching him how to start cleaning. <laughs> And I tell you, afterwards, when he was taking his nap, uh, his dad and I would go in and we just mop the corners and get the whole floor done. But, you know, when that happens, when you see the end product of what someone is doing, and it, it doesn't look much like what you would do, you see. It doesn't look much like the way you wanted it done. Rather than correct it, you tell them thank you, you build them up, 
And hey, you go on and do it when the opportunity comes that it won't make them feel bad or humiliated or lesser than and get it done. But you lift them up, you encourage them. So what's the lesson learned here? Just because it wasn't done the way that you want it done, it doesn't mean that the value of the help given is diminished in any way. All right. And when you find out, you know what, all we were going to do is walk on that floor again anyhow. <laughs> oh, let me tell you, when you begin to operate in humility, oh, you flip things around. Oh, yes, you do. Something else, another life lesson that you can learn from. Spend a whole day not correcting anyone. Oh, my goodness, I can hear you just pausing inside. Some of you may be gasping. <laughs> Oh, spent a whole day not correcting anybody. You know what? My husband had this thing. He always would mispronounce people's names. I'm, and I'm a stickler about that. Always. And you know what? Then when you start being humble and walking in humility, you don't always correct somebody. You don't always tell them how to pronounce it. And listen, when you begin at the end of the day, you think about it. And you know what? You find out that being right is sometimes overrated. Let me tell you another instance. <laughs> I got many stories. Um, but just some life lessons. Every morning, may I say Sunday morning that my husband and I were on our way to church, we would have the biggest arguments whether he should turn right or he should turn left. And I'm saying that to say he always had this certain way he went. And I would always say, but it would be shorter if you went this way. Oh, and that was a pet peeve too. And I, oh, I'd go. One day, we can't make it through the day without God. The Lord, I just felt him just begin to speak to my heart and say, what difference does it make? Just sit back and enjoy the ride. You know, being right is sometimes overrated. And I started sitting back and enjoying the ride. And you know what? We had such a peaceful, joyful, happy ride to church. Everything just flipped around. So being right is sometimes overrated. Spend a day, a whole day, not correcting someone. Ah, uh, this is something too. Arrive for church 20 minutes early. Yeah. If you start doing that, you will see that it'll give you a chance to let the noise of the morning or the day settle down on the inside and help you to begin to focus on being open to the Holy Spirit. Yes. And if your parents out there and you've got little ones or teenagers at home, noise follows you wherever you go. Like the little puff of dust. It just, just all over. It it follows. It follows around. It follows around. You ever seen that pig pen uh, around in the Peanuts cartoons? <laughs> so when you decide that you're just going to arrive early and then what? Use it as a quiet time waiting for service to start. Just get there 20 minutes to be precise. You'd be surprised at the difference. And what's the lesson learned in that? Free will begins at conception and is exercised with full force. Only doing getting to church early. <laughs> I'm serious. I am serious. You'll begin to see that you're able to just surrender yourself more in the services and just really enjoy it because that's where it all begins, right at the beginning of that service. Uh, it'll be so good. Another thing, the next time someone annoys you, don't tell anyone. I am having so much fun. Do you know what? When you find yourself telling a friend or telling somebody about someone that you had an issue with, um, you may call it venting, but it's actually gossip. 
But if you will spend the next few weeks on this assignment of the next time somebody will know you, don't tell anyone. You'll probably fail it a few times. But let me tell you, if you just keep trying and, and just keep revisiting the fact that, oh, so annoyed, but I'm not going to tell anyone, you will finally succeed. Oh, yes. And I want you to know, let me give you a hint, hint. It is forever a work in progress. You never arrive on this one. All right. And as you begin to tackle what I've given you as homework assignments, you begin to identify areas and deliberately get behind someone walking or driving slow. You begin to clean up someone else's mess. And the next time something isn't done your way, leave it if it works and spend a whole day not correcting anyone. Arrive to church early and the next time someone annoys you, don't tell anyone. That's a lifelong work in progress, but do it anyway. Tackle these. Make them homework assignments. And I tell you, you'll begin to identify a lot of your own weaknesses that you need to work on in order to become more humble. Yes, you'll be able to see more clearly when you're not being patient and when you're being judgmental or when you're not putting others first. And I want you to know, you don't always succeed the first time with humility. But I want you to know, you will pinpoint where you've slipped. Oh, I know it's so. It doesn't seem like much what I'm saying, but I'm telling you, it's a big start. And all the big changes start with small ones. I was standing in a line at Walgreens. And so another counter opened up and the man looked at me and he said, Miss, you can come over here. You're the next in line. I said, okay. And I went over. Then there was this lady right behind me. Oh, she got, oh, she got so irate and she was just so upset. And oh, she was just shaking and she was just saying, oh, you shouldn't have done that. And you should. And I answered the lady harshly. It was true, but it was harsh and there was no humility in that. And as soon as I left that counter and was going out the door, the Holy Spirit spoke within me and said, there was a better way that could have been done. Oh, well, lesson learned. I'm telling you. You'll slip sometimes, but you'll pinpoint it when you are exercising. That's the good part about it. When you're exercising these life lessons within your life concerning humility. And I'm telling you, it will bring big changes and big things will begin to happen. But it starts with the little ones correcting. Even the smallest act of humility is still a fast and direct route to being closer to God. <laughs> well, my prayer for you is that you live as long as you want and that you never want as long as you live. I am Carol Dixon, and this is Dash. Did you miss a Dash episode recently? If so, we have you covered. You can get all of the previous Dash teachings on your podcast platform right now. It's a great opportunity to not only catch up on what you've missed, but also share the teaching with others who need to hear it. Every message gives you the opportunity to share through your favorite social media channel, email, or text. It's a valuable way to let your friends and family know what God is teaching you through Dash with Carol Dixon. If you would like to know more about Dr. Carolee Dixon and Dash, go to our website at caroldixon.net. Mm-hmm.